But we don't jinx anything. We knock on wood always. To, you know, seat some of our but that's fans. a hyped game. That's not a rival. That right? is a rival. Well, they should wash their hands and read a book. He loves big yards and big touchdowns mm-hmm. and big sexy. But he graduated from high school. Yeah. transferred. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've seen that. No. That's new. Welcome back, Tribe from the North, Brave and Bull, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals on, dare we say, Rivalry Week. Let's go. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, as always, I'm joined by TJ. Hey. Uh, you can find us on the social medias by checking the other podcasts to find out how to find us. You can also find Tubs at the Club's podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and of course, on TubsattheClub.com. Reminder that all opinions expressed on this podcast are owned by the individual podcaster and do not reflect TubsattheClub.com as a whole. Because I say a lot of dumb stuff. This episode is episode 10. So we're, what was this, our 10 anniversary? Yeah, 10 anniversary. We, we got 10 episodes. Congrats. Yeah, we, <laughs> we made it. Yeah, let's kick it off right. Apologies for no Martin, no Sean. Uh, and the editing might be a little weak in this one just because we really pushed it back. Life came up on us. Uh, we did much like the football team this week uh, and started early and did not close strong. But we'll start with reading the Argonaut. The soccer team last week lost 3-0 at Northern Colorado and then tied Montana in Missoula 1-1. This week, they host Eastern Washington University. Uh, The volleyball team last week lost 3-1 at Weber State and lost 3-1 at Idaho State. So, rough rough losses there. I'm sure Buchanan is not very excited uh, after the good start and sweep they had last week. Yeah. I mean, they're a good team. Road games, road games don't matter. Mm-hmm. Well, they do. <sighs> this week, though, they're back home in Memorial Gym playing Sac State, Buzz Buzz, and the Portland State Vikings. Women's golf plays third at the Coeur Resort Collegiate Invitational, hosted by Gonzaga University. That is back-to-back top five finishes. Nice. Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! There we go. Uh, they this week they play in the Ron Moore Women's Intercollegiate, that is hosted by the by Denver University. It is the 5th through the 7th in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. At least they're not playing in that tournament anymore that we can't pronounce or say correctly. The Ptarmigan Ram Classic. We, we got out of that one. The men's golf team has a top 10 finish. They finished 10th in the Husky Invitational in Sammamish, Washington. And this week, they are playing in the Jack Rabbit Invitational, hosted by South Dakota State, September 30th through October 2nd. TJ. Any guess where the Jackrabbit Invitational is played? I would say South Dakota. But Wrong. Know. Valentine, Nebraska. All right. <laughs> Makes no sense. All right. And this might be a sad day on the podcast, TJ, as we roll around to the football section of reading the Argonaut. I think it's time that we stop using Hero Sports for our rankings. Hero Sports is based out here in the Northwest. However, they have Idaho ranked 54th. That dropped us, I think, 24 spots after a win last week. Somehow, James Madison won and fell to 10th. They're considered the second-best team in the country. Yeah. Stuff's all over the board. Uh, they have Idaho State ranked 11th. So, this week, we're still going to use their rankings okay. for a little bit of fun. Plus, mm-hmm. it makes Idaho State look a lot better. Yeah. But next week, we'll be switching to the FCS stats or a coach's poll. We'll, we'll decide. Yeah. But... We won't be using Hero Sports anymore. Fun notes 
All three Idaho teams won this week. Nice. That junior college down by the river in Boise, Idaho State won this week, and obviously we beat Portland State. Mm -hmm. Another fun fact, all four Palouse teams won this week. Okay. Both Whitworth, Eastern Washington, Washington State, and Idaho won. There you go. Uh, I was trying to look back to see the last time those seven teams had all won. And I couldn't find it. Yeah, so <laughs> it's been years since you could pair that, that whole duo together. It's a good week to be in the Northwest. It is. Mm-hmm. It's a really good week because the Idaho Vandal football team is coming off a 20-7 to home victory against the Portland State Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually our first Big Sky win since number 25 Idaho beat number 16 Boise State in the Kibbe Dome. And with that, let's kick over to review. Thoughts on the game, TJ? Uh, yeah, I th- I think it was an overall great win for the Idaho Vandals. Um, they looked very confident throughout the whole team. You know, they excuse me throughout the whole game. Uh, they didn't waver at all. You know, when Portland State might have gotten close to score or even got it in the end zone. Um, there's definitely you know still things to work on with the offense, with the running game, with the passing game, and for defense. You know, there's still some holes to fill on on that end as well. But I think it's you know it's an overall great foundation for us to build off of i really hope you know it gets not only the players excited i know it will but get the campus excited a little bit um i know the next game is away but you know still keep up still follow and then hopefully when they're ready to come back for homecoming we got a packed house and coming off two wins would be huge i think it's a great you know turning point in the season we get our first big sky win we get that under the belt and hopefully we're ready to play the next, you know, the rest of our Big Sky schedule with confidence and be excited to play these teams. So I'm really excited about the win, and hope we keep rallying. So I'll I'll agree with you there. Um, definitely a good win. I'm glad after listening to Petrino's press conference, since we're actually recording Wednesday today, we actually got to listen to it before the mm-hmm. podcast. He did admit to letting off the gas, yeah. which is good because we actually did what you said. You you called it on your key to the game last week. You wanted us to start early. We did. We went in halftime with a 20 to zero lead. Uh, and then otherwise, we only let them score in the second half, and mm. you could just tell we were playing a lot of possession. I do feel bad. Isaiah Saunders finished with 99 yards. <laughs> Did right after they said he broke back-to-back 100-yard rushing games. Then he had like a three-yard loss and finished with 99. So that was the wrong spot. Yeah, the ball. It, Come on. They, they <laughs> should have spotted it one Kick yard it forward, right? How can't those refs have better ideas mm-hmm. where the ball's at? Mm-hmm. It was not all roses, though. It's, Portland State is unanimously, unanimously mm-hmm. considered – one of the worst teams in the Big Sky, at least this year, and probably consistently. However, we only beat them by 13 points. I don't feel too bad because poor Montana State played them the week before and only won by 20. Mm-hmm. So we're not too far behind Montana State, who is pretty competitive in the Big Sky. And knowing that we did let off the gas, we only started Mason Petrino, which a lot of people thought if we started Mason Petrino, we wouldn't win another game. So Mason Petrino took all the snaps this week, and we, we did all right. He went 17 for 24, 166 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Obviously, we kept the ball on the ground a lot. He ran the ball for 11 carries, lost of 13 yards, but a lot of those are sacks because they count against you in college. Yeah. But uh, we did a good job of controlling the ball, I thought. And that's what I think a lot was good with you know Mason being quarterback is the play calls that we had. You know, it was a lot of read options, you know, motions to either runs or short dump off passes, which he's very accurate with. And, you know, we kind of figured out how that system could work, at least on Mason's side, with him being a quarterback. Yeah, and we, we had five 
five minutes more time of possession than Portland State last game. Mm-hmm. Um, we also converted more third down conversions. A little rare. We went three for three on fourth down conversions. So don't don't want to get too Mm-mm. too excited about <laughs> going for it three times and getting it three times. But I mean, all in all, not not an awful game. I will say defensively, still no turnovers. I know. Uh, I, I actually had a couple people ask me about that this week from listening to the podcast last week. So, Did he get one? Did they get one? I, I think that's actually the first corner stool take we might have actually gotten right was me saying the defense would not get a turnover. Yeah. <laughs> and it was all for reverse psychology and apparently did not work. So that's not good when you're we'll trying to. to psych the team out and, and they don't. Uh, but I will say Townsend, our defensive end, did force a fumble. On the quarterback on a scramble, and the ball rolled out of bounds. I did see that. You okay. almost you mm-hmm. almost earned that beverage of your choice, um, a nice tub full of something at the club. But uh, you did not recover it, therefore it does not count as a takeaway. But but I see you, Townsend. I see you. Mm-hmm. And then Jesse Basher brought up a, a funny little thing on there. You know how Miami a couple years ago had that the turnover chain? Yeah. Was that last year? Right, the chain. Or the yeah, belt. We, yeah, we should have the turnover tub. There you go. <laughs> there should just be a corner club tub that floats around. I don't know, put a football on. Or fill it up with popcorn. You know? Yeah, there <laughs> like you go. The fill it up with popcorn. <laughs> and every time you get a turnover, you scoop some popcorn in and get to eat it on the sideline. Do the Ezekiel Elliott feed the beast. That's what we need. Get that done, Pete that Isaacson. Get, it'd get everyone or, fired up, yeah, too. Right? I guess it's probably players. Paul. Paul, yeah. turnover tub. Yeah. That will make some news. <laughs> I will say, that was our, I don't remember the exact stat, but we held them to single digits. That was the first single digit home game we've had, I think, since maybe 2016, maybe even longer. So the defense showed up. Wasn't necessarily a powerful offense. We faced three different quarterbacks, but anytime you can hold a team to single digits is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some asked TATCs that reflect that later, so we won't dive too much into that. Uh, special teams, they're better than our defense. That's yeah. what, two or three blocks? Blocks. Yeah. Two blocks and a punt return for a touchdown. Right. So, Jalen Hoover blocked a punt. He's also one who recovered the blocked field goal two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So, Jalen Hoover killing it. Um, and I believe uh, Hightower is the one who ran it back. So, mm-hmm. props to you, too. Uh, although, there are some downsides with every upside. Most people miss this. Mm-hmm. They converted a 4th and 22 on a... I don't think it was actually a fake punt. I think the punter... Just decided to run. Saw that because he was two or three yards deep in the end zone, yeah. and just took off and converted on fourth and twenty-two. Like, had he not gotten that, we would have gotten the ball inside the twenty-yard line. Yeah, and that was, I believe, in like the second quarter. It was early. Good on him, though. He, he converted. True. <laughs> I mean, I guess for Portland State, but but speaking of early problems, three turnovers or sorry, three timeouts used in the first quarter. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that. No. That's new. I think it was the first drive. I'm not sure. I noticed mid-first quarter that they were gone. I don't know if we used all three on the first drive or three, but either way, about four minutes left in the first quarter, we were we were completely out of timeouts. Mm-hmm. How who, do you allow that to happen? Who knows if it's personnel or it, maybe you know they don't have the right play out there for the defense they're looking at, but I agree. There's, but like, there's something off about you that. Waste, you waste three timeouts in the first quarter against the rest of our schedule? Because let's be honest, our schedule picks up from here. There is not an easy game left. You do that against anybody else on our schedule, might not turn out as pretty. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jeff Cotton, one of, I think, five players 
in all of Division One football that has caught a touchdown in every single game this year. He has four touchdown receptions. I think three out of the four have been over 40 yards. Yeah. So, Jeff Cotton, Colton Richardson, going to be the best wide receiver quarterback duo in the nation. He's there for, at least he's on our team. He's we do have breaking news on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? Colton, Colton Clark. The Lewis and Tribune guy, or Moscow, I forget which one you are. If you're Moscow Daily News, and I apologize. If you're Lewis and Tribune, which I think you are, we got you. Uh, posted a video of Colton Richardson running with the ones and said Colton Richardson's full go this week. So I, I can see Lewiston because they, they probably want to hype him up. So he, <laughs> he's got the red jersey back on. He's throwing routes. I don't go. know if he's taking first team reps, but he'll be back. And mm-hmm. so at least be back to that dual quarterback system. Which brings up all the other arguments we had from all the previous episodes. You, we can, you can go back to those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, and then, yeah, I'm just glad that it looks, after hearing the interview, that we did indeed let off the gas early because Paul just said, I want to be conservative and get the win. Getting a win right now is more important than putting up stats. Yeah. I'm glad about that because uh, otherwise I would have been a little worried that we only beat Portland State 20 to, to 7. That being said, that's – Sounds like typical coach speak. Who knows if it's true, but for sake of my sanity, I'm going to take Paul at his word there. And as always, Kate Coffey, you know, putting points on the board for the Vandals, two for two on the game as well. Indeed he did. Mm-hmm. Club card day, player of the game, TJ, who who you giving it to? I want to give this one to Mason. I think, you know, he really stepped into a role where he had a chance to uh, play the full game. Um, he looked confident out there not just you know throwing the ball but running the plays there was a lot of you know motion going on read options that he handled extremely well obviously the deep ball is not his play and they call the right you know procedures and routes for him to succeed and i think he had a great game and i would give him my uh club card of the day go get some free beverages You don't actually get free beverages, um, so don't don't go asking Mark for that. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's against the rules. Okay. But uh, in theory, enjoy your free you beverage. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to Jalen Hoover. Just I know you can't really carry club card days over. They don't. They're not two week days. But the way you're playing on special teams, and the fact that if we didn't have that block kick, it's uh, 14 to six, which mm-hmm. things probably change in that game. I'm going to give it to Jalen Hoover for the block with a little uh, tub token to Hightower for the return. Mm-hmm. But uh, that, that's who I'll give him to this week. Now it's time to preview the Hero Sports ranked. No, no other ranking ranked number 11 Idaho State Bengals in the Battle of the Domes. It's the highest ranked team in Idaho. Let's go. <laughs> it is the highest ranked team in Idaho, unfortunately. Yeah. This game is going to be played at Holt Arena in Pocatello, Idaho at 2.35 Pacific Time, 3.35 uh, Mountain. You can find it on Pluto TV, the worst live streaming service this side of the Atlantic Ocean. True. Official watch parties. Portland, Oregon at the Life of Riley, Moscow, Idaho at DJ Willie's, and uh, I would check with the Corner Club before you go to DJ Willie's because that's just my preference. I'd go club, no game, DJ Willie's, eat some food, go back to the club, drink some beer at halftime. There you go. But uh, I'm sure the club has it on. But the official watch party, according to the Alumni Association, is at D. Willie's, so uh, that's, that's your buns. If you're in Seattle, tweet at me, and we'll figure something out because... We need to get some watch parties going. Mm-hmm. Anyways, they are coming off 
two big wins, which is why they are considered one of the hottest teams in the FCS right now. They have a 56-42 to win against Northern Arizona, who everyone keeps thinking is good, even though every team that they're supposed to beat or have a competitive game against, they don't. They lose. And then they also beat North Dakota, who is coming off a ranked win against Sam Houston State the previous week. So any thoughts, opinions on the game, TJ? Or at least uh, just for, for fun, we, we're, we're going to have Mark Liptock, the color commentator for the Bengals on today, but um, he's going through some health things, so he couldn't join us. But uh, I know a lot of people actually that tune in aren't just Vandals. We have a lot of people that are just curious about Idaho. Kind of uh, your thoughts, opinions on... The Idaho State rivalry. Uh, yeah, first of all, I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm really happy it's not the junior college in Boise, as you like to say. I'm glad to play Idaho State. I think this is something that you know we've viewed as kind of won't happen in a long time, but it's here, and I think it's you know, as you say, battle of the domes. Is I think it should be a big game, especially with the distance from Pocatello to Boise. And I believe, did we sell out all the seats allotted to it? We have sold out our allotment. Yes, you can still pick up tickets on those secondary sites. Mm -hmm. But this is a big game um, for both teams. I mean, Idaho State hasn't seen Idaho in football for some time now. And, you know, looking from their past couple games, they're fired up and they're ready to play. Um, One thing that I was, you know, talking with Chris about this weekend is – I'm still want a convincing. I want to be convinced by these Idaho players that they're excited to be in the Big Sky. I want guys that are Big Sky players. You know, watching these other games as Eastern and Montana State go on and um, Idaho State and NAU. You know, these guys are fired up to get into these small towns and you know battle with these guys. And you know who the the other team is. You know their players. You know their history. And and get out there and. You know, be proud to be in the big sky and earn your ranking. And and I think that's one thing that we've kind of missed a little bit this season for a great opportunity to go into the FCS and play these local rivalries is get excited about these these local rivalry games and being in the big sky. And I think that'll be a big step up, especially when we're going to need to on not only the offensive side, which we always need to step up and score more points, but the defense for what point, the amount of points Idaho State put up as well. Yeah, and I have two articles kind of out on this or coming out on this. Uh, I was going to save it for my what's going on, but uh, fits now. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote one for FCS Fans Nation kind of explaining to the FCS kind of where Idaho's at with the rivalry and um, just th- this game more more in general. And then I should have one coming out on top of the club, heck, maybe even before this podcast, um, kind of talking about what we need to have happen from this game. But previewing Idaho State, they're 3-1. and one. They opened the season with a win over a Division II team that we didn't even actually give the time of day to when we were doing our first picks. Then they actually had a surprising loss, only 23-45 to Cal that kind of got swept under the rug. Big upset win against North Dakota, 25-21. And then they beat Northern Arizona pretty bad last week, 56-42. to Though That game, I feel, has gotten a lot of people in their mind thinking mm-hmm. Idaho State's all this, and they're really good. Yeah. They're led by three people. Tanner Geller... Mitch Geller, two brothers. They are from Ro- uh, Rochester, Washington, so not not far from good old Moscow. And James Madison, the running back. Not the school, the running back. Uh, all guys are practically seniors. Um, Mitch, is a, Mitch is a junior. And they just they, they play a good brand of offensive football. 
Defensively, I consider them very medium. But I feel like this big win, these big points they're putting up are very, very misleading. If you look at Tanner Geller's stats, for this, that's their quarterback for those of you that don't know. He's played quarterback in all four of their games. Uh, the only other quarterback to take a snap is Gunnar Amos. Just mm. putting that out there. We'll, we'll discuss Gunnar in a little him. bit. Uh, he has four touchdowns, four interceptions in four games. Not that impressed by that. He has thrown for 864 yards. Now, I know what a lot of people are saying. Man, that kid's – I've been saying I've been saying that Mitch Geller is a good quarterback and definitely worth all the praise he's getting as one of the better quarterbacks in the big sky. But then I want to let people know, Mason Petrino has thrown for five touchdowns and four interceptions and 700 yards. So he's barely behind him in yardage, has one more touchdown, and the same amount of interceptions. How much crap do we give to Mason Petrino? True. So he just got my club card day yeah. on late though. <laughs> and that's not even including Colton Richardson. Colton Richardson has three touchdowns and three interceptions. So he's right behind him too. And he's thrown for two hundred and sixteen yards. Mm-hmm. So you pair those guys up? Yeah, it, Mitch is a good quarterback. He's maybe a little bit more savvy and a little bit more athletic than these mm-hmm. guys. But in general, I, I follow or I'm on allvandals.com a lot, reading what people are saying. Some people are saying letting Gunnar Amos go is one of the worst mistakes we had because we have no depth at quarterback. The guy's taken like three snaps at Idaho State and has done nothing with him. Mm -hmm. And the guy ahead of him isn't much better than who we currently have. So say what you will, but Mm -hmm. I'm just not sold on Gunnar Amos. He transferred because we moved him to safety because he wouldn't fit in our quarterback room. I, I think Tanner Geller is definitely better than him, and he's not that much better than our guys. Then when you look at the running backs, their big guy getting all the love right now in the national media, James Madison. 429 yards, seven touchdowns on the season. Isaiah Saunders has 337 yards, and we have more shared backing. So if you compare the amount, the run totals, it's not even close. The fact that, I mean, Isaiah Saunders is not that much worse than James Madison. It's just we've been behind in a lot of games and had to throw the ball. If if you take out UC Davis and Fresno State and give us two more competitive games, his numbers would be equal with James Madison. So the James Madison thing, don't get me wrong, they're all good players. I'm not trying to – And if they they have the majority of the the load for Idaho State for their yardage – you know, there's there's probably a big scheme that we have to be preparing for, especially on the defensive end, to try and contain them and not, you know, eat up clock, drive down the field. So I think that's a big, you know, an important thing to look at for the defense is how will you contain those three guys? And if we can do that, you know, we have a serious shot at, you know, blowing these guys out as well. Yeah, that, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Tanner Geller is much like Mason, where he's, he's going to be more of a runner. Right. So he, he's a little bit of a threat there, too. That's probably why James Madison. And they have a really good backup in Ty Flanagan. So I'm not just, you know, bagging on them. But receiving-wise, this one is – I really think this is easy. Uh, Mitch Geller has caught all but one of their touchdowns this year. <laughs> Tanner throws to Mitch. If you shut down Mitch – they're going to run the ball with James Madison. Mm-hmm. Double-team Mitch and stack the box, and I like Rods. I'm sure our team is team is full or knows that, but I don't know. That's just that's just kind of what I've noticed looking at the stats in general from the season. And I fully you know trust Jordan Grabsky to shut those guys down as well, wherever they are out in the field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you look at the game against Northern Arizona to kind of take it back a bit. Mm-hmm. 
Idaho State scored 28 points in the second quarter. Other than the second quarter, they went 7-for-7 in the first. They were outscored by Northern Arizona 14-7 in the third. Or, sorry, tied 14-14 in the third. And then Northern Arizona outscored them 14-7 in the fourth. You take away that huge second quarter, that was just a huge momentum builder, I don't think they win that game. I think a couple of those plays go the other way. I think we easily are talking about how Idaho State is 2-2 two and two and they're struggling like they always do. But right now, everyone's hot. And a lot of people, especially Vandals, because we're used to this. Um, we've covered the culture a million times on this podcast. They're used to being losers. Yes, Idaho State, what they're doing is impressive. Is it good that Idaho State is doing good? Yes. Because right now, on most playoff brackets, they're getting a little bit of love. They're right outside most of the actual rankings. Not Here Sports has them at 11. So if we're able to beat them, we have two big wins against possible ranked or playoff-considered teams right now, and we're right back in that picture. Mm-hmm. That being said, you can't lose. Right. If you lose, it's win out. And we covered that last week, and we took care of business. We won. just need to keep winning. Mm-hmm. And come out firing. We did a great job of you know starting early. But, you know, as you can tell from those stats, they're ready to go early as well. And don't give up throughout the whole game. This is a game that every single Vandal should be fired up for. To go down and, you know, honestly beat the little brothers of our state and get down there and and get a win in pokey and get out of there as fast as we can because we don't want to stay down there too long and come up and get ready for the next week. I know that's, you know, very preemptive. But get fired up. Let's get excited and get down to pokey. You know what's kind of funny? Uh, I was listening to, uh, is it Kicking It or Just Kicking It, the Austin Rico and Alex Boatman podcast. Mm-hmm. They actually did it from the Corner Club this week, which one is cool and something we should look at. I'm doing. jealous. But um, so obviously Alex is still on the team. He's a long snapper. He said they're flying, and they're also flying to Bozeman next week. <laughs> I want to know how many other big sky teams can one afford to fly – the distance it is Moscow to Pocatello or Bozeman. That's less than an hour flight to Pokey. Yeah, and that drive is. That's a 45. What team pays, a 45, pays for a 45 minute flight? Are they flying all the way down to Pokey? Or yeah, they're flying they're... right in the Pocatello oh, that means... from Moscow, chartered. Uh, and then they're flying to the Bozeman, hour, chartered maybe. next weekend. I thought, the whole re- I thought the whole reason we went to the Big Sky was that we could have bus games. Gosh. Are they gonna fly to Cheney? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna fly the, out of Moscow Pullman and fly in the Spokane we'll and drive up, to Cheney. We'll end up having you know the Lane Kiffin uh, budget where we're just you know bowling just- <laughs> right in Miami, flying down there. We're fine. Yeah. Hey, speaking of the Lane Kiffin budget, our man DJ Henderson from Last Chance U, Mister EMCC, had a big game last week, uh-huh. and uh, Petrino is expecting to have another big week. Might start to fill some of Akeem Coleman's shoes mm-hmm. and keep this last chance you train a rolling mm-hmm. and get some of these solid guys that aren't featured on the show because they actually have a good head on their shoulders. That's bad. There's guys on the show that are just really talented too. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm excited to see him because, dude, if he gets going, he's a beast. And yeah. nobody in the big skies can be able to stop him. And you know, Caden Ellis is getting outshined right now. And it's not due to him having a lack of trying. He's playing good ball, but if you look at the stats of the Montana linebackers, the one guy has like 80-something tackles already on the year. He's averaging like 15 to 20 tackles a game. Mm-hmm. And then Josh, or Josh Buss is killing it too. 
So, and another person who we were talking about this weekend is his little brother, Christian. He also had a pretty, you know, a couple good plays and a great solid game. And he did. We're having pretty excited. He's to have starting him. to look big too. Mm-hmm. He's going to fill in, I think, like Caden did. And by the time he's a senior, you're going to be like, dude, that guy was tiny. Yeah, this is a big statement game too. Yeah, it is. This Mm -hmm. is big. We need this and we need Montana State. Mm -hmm. And then things just start rapid firing, clicking and going off. Mm -hmm. Uh, Quick note on the special teams. They are averaging. Guess how – we're going to play TJ Guess This. New game. New segment. Yeah, I guess. It's it's my new segment. Um, TJ Guess This. What do you think their average yard per punt is? Idaho State's. Average yard per punt. I would say, man, it's not like they have Dixon from the Seahawks or even Rico. Do you, do you want to know what, uh, no, what no, no, no. Kate Coffee is at least? Give you a baseline? No, I'm going to say uh, 45 yards per punt. 37.4. They're not even averaging 40 yards oh. on punts. That's bad. Yeah. But a good opportunity for us to get, you know, prime field position as well. Yeah. Meanwhile, Kate Coffee is kicking 45.6. So, like in the field possession that's game. That's what I was, you know, I thought that's yeah. your And let's be honest, Kate Coffee's had a punt a lot this year. Mm-hmm. So, against a lot of good returners. Mm-hmm. Guess what their field goal average is? Mm. I feel like these are low because the last one was, <clears throat> I'm going to go 37%. It is higher than that. It's 66.7. Throw me for a loop. And we're not going to cover Cade's Mm -hmm. because Cade's better than his percentage shows. Mm -hmm. Idaho State. For me, talking about the rivalry that we kind of covered at the beginning, someone nailed it on Facebook today. I've never met someone from Idaho State. I know, like, one girl from my high school that went there. Like, I... I know a lot of people from Pocatello that went up to University of Idaho. Yeah, but, like, (laughs) do you actually... Because it's weird because, like, the state's kind of big, but it's not really big population-wise. I can't name you more than five Idaho State alumni. One good friend of mine, Andrew Harrington, uh, used to be a walk-on basketball yeah, player for them. But he graduated from Idaho. Yeah. He transferred. Yeah. <laughs> so that doesn't count. Your hats. <laughs> uh, and then, well, to be fair, how many alumni do you really know from Boise State either? They're all just fans down there, dropouts. That's a pass for me. It's a hard pass for me. So, yeah, that, that's kind of the Idaho State game in a nutshell. TJ... What are your keys to the game against the mighty Bengals of Pocatello, Northern Utah University, BYU, Pocatello? Yeah, um, definitely contain that offense. Um, it's, Chris made a great point. Like they said, they're, obviously their points are not reflective of the athletes that they actually are. Um, they're very talented. You know, They're quick. They can make the right plays. But if we can contain them and you know, eat, a, eat up a bunch of clock like we did and, con- and control the ball, I think we'll have a great game. Um, but I think the same thing with I said last week is come out firing. And, you know, not only start early, but get excited to play these guys. It's big sky football, and we're in it for the long haul. So get ready to play uh, Battle of the Domes. I agree. Battle of the Domes, for those who don't know, is not just the football game. It's, it's all the sports throughout the year. But uh, football comes first. Well, I guess we just played them in soccer. But uh, or volleyball, sorry, my apologies. The football one's going to be big. It's the first one since 2008. Uh, we haven't actually. We've only played Idaho State twice in the millennium. That's crazy. Uh, and that ironically, is, we're, crazy. we're only one game all time behind them from playing Boise State. Right. This will be our. This will actually be our 40th meeting mm-hmm. against Idaho State, which will tie the 40 meetings we've had with Boise State. Difference is, I believe. 
we are 28 and 11 in this series, mm-hmm. where the Boise State series is 22, 19 and 1 or something like that. So obviously a little bit more Vandal run. We're on our current four game win streak. We also hold the all time win streak at eight. So it's definitely. But we don't jinx anything. We knock on wood always. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I. You know what? I'm I'm not fearing this game like everybody else is. Mm-hmm. I think this is, just looks like a trap game for us. You know how many people are going to Pocatello this weekend? I wish I was. I do too. Mm-hmm. But like everybody in Southern Idaho is driving over there. Like that thing is actually going to be the mini Kibbe Dome. Yeah. Like I know the joke was always it was the mini dome. It's actually going to mm-hmm. be the mini dome this week. Yeah. I would not be surprised if there's more vandals there than Idaho State fans. And don't get me wrong, Idaho State cares about this. There's going to be a lot of their fans that are up for this, and it might get loud in there and hostile, and I'm not sure our team's ready for that. Mm -mm. This is their big game because they have a rough end of their schedule too. So if they start losing, then this is their playoff, this is their bowl. So they want it, but uh, I'm still still taking us. My key to the game is stop the Gellers. I think no one's running on us. We haven't given up a lot of run yards other than the Fresno State game. Um, which is at this point just throw it out the throw it off the books, burn that page. I think we stopped the Gellers. Don't let Mitch hit Tanner or Tanner hit Mitch. Sorry, and uh, we win this game. Do have it close though. Uh, I think our def- it's going to be a defensive brawl. Not a lot of teams have been able to score too much on us. Once again, I live in Fresno State. Throw it out the window, burn the book. But I have Idaho winning twenty-seven to twenty-three, and I think it's more we jump out like twenty-seven to three early. And then they just kind of milk their way back near the game. Yeah, I completely agree. And that you know just goes back to the point of containing them. And you know the guys to stop. I mean, they have the majority of the stats of their whole team. So what's your score? Ah, man. 38-30, Idaho Vandals on top. Nice. 38-30. Mm-hmm. to 30. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. All right, TJ. Time to get to our favorite segment because we get to, involve with, or get to be involved with you guys. Hashtag AskTATC. For those of you who don't know, if you have a question during the week or during the game, use hashtag AskTATC. We'll take the best ones and answer them on the podcast every single week. But we always start it with a question for you guys. We asked this week, who is our biggest, parentheses, rival of the teams remaining on our schedule this year? Idaho State, Montana, Eastern Washington, and Montana State. This one was closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, as, 50, it, as it should be. Fifty-two. Mm, I disagree. Fifty-two percent said Montana. So about two out of four of you would say that Montana Grizzlies, and then thirty percent said Eastern Washington. Fourteen percent said the Idaho State Bengals, and some four percent said Montana State. I'm going to take a guess. Say it's the Montana Mint guys. Nice. Just uh, throwing it in there to be in there. Uh, but I could be wrong. Uh, I just don't know who else would have picked Montana State as our mm-hmm. biggest rival remaining. Uh, unless it's the Montana State Athletic Department trying to sell tickets because we have not sold out our allotment of tickets to that game yet. Idaho State, I really thought, would have taken Eastern, honestly. I think with that, ge- geographically to Eastern and kind of all the hype that's been with their program, you know, building and ours kind of, you know, but you can't be a rival if they built while you were not home. Yeah, like, but I think what's going to happen when we is we were that, in the Big Sky. Eastern was an afterthought. I think the tides in the. I think what they're. I mean, in general, I think in the next five years, I think a lot of this poll will change completely. Oh, I agree. But this is currently not not next five years. I 100 percent agree with you. But that's what people are excited for. I actually is this, expected is this rivalry with Eastern to grow and but know I, that. But you know, I expected this to be like. 
the stats, if we ask this like next year or two years or three years, I did not expect Idaho State to be that far behind Eastern in this mm-hmm. poll. Yeah. And that Montana was actually that close. I was expecting like 80% Montana, like 15% Idaho State, like 5 or 10%. Eastern and zero Montana State. But even with the hype behind the game this year, I mean, Eastern's bringing in bleachers to, you know, seat some of our fans. But that's a hyped game. That's not a rival. That is a rival. But the the question, you're answering what's the best game No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that is going to be a rivalry. It's the first time it's happened in so long, and they're so close. I think we've been playing them in every other sport so far where they're watching us and saying, when do we get a chance to play them in football? Come on, like give us our chance to play them at football. We'll, you know, even every year. I, I think they it doesn't they, have a name. I completely agree with your name. I'm now I'm on board. I, I have I have drinking the Red Scare Kool Aid. Well, that's a good way to transition into the fan ass question. Because <laughs> yeah. John Mortensen at JP Mort. Speaking of Idaho's rivals, I support at Chris underscore P underscore Hammond. That guy's a great guy. Mm. Idea to name the Eastern Washington game the Red Scare. Mm. Can we set up a GoFundMe to buy the Lennon statue in Seattle's Fremont neighborhood to be the traveling trophy? Hashtag AskTATC. That one's over my head. Well, how is that over your head? <laughs> I mean, I think it. So I think it does take some explaining. Uh, that's kind of an issue with the name. I completely. You just said you were drinking the Kool. I am, but I also had to explain it to everyone on what it meant. Like, well, that's only one sided. Well, they like, should wash their hands and read a book. Yeah, Moscow, Idaho. I'm with you. I, I think he was more asking. He was agreeing, saying it is the Red Scare game, DJ. The question is, do we start a GoFundMe to buy the Lennon statue in Fremont? <laughs> I mean, if that's going to be the trophy... <laughs> it's rather big. Yeah. I don't know, John, if you've been to Fremont and seen the Lennon statue. It's rather large. Yeah. Um, I was thinking more you get like the Russian eagle that's on like some of their flags. And it's usually holding like a sword and like some gold orb from like Assassin's Creed. You change that with an apple and a potato. Right. And then the eagle is wearing a Joe Vandal helmet. So you've got the eagle for Eastern Washington. It's a Russian eagle. It's wearing a Joe Vandal helmet, and it's holding a potato, representing Idaho, and an apple, res- representing Washington. Yeah, we're still working on that trophy, but... Wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> that be sweet? The namesake is there, and... I'm going to go fund me that. Who's yeah, in? Yeah. Tweet at me if you'll donate. There's got to be some alumni that can, you know, work with some metal or something. Design us. Any metal workers out there? Yeah. So, thank you for the question, John. I agree with you. And then, TJ, we'll go to Brian Marceau's question because it fits you. Mm-hmm. Did SWX broadcast team improve the TV experience by 500 or 5,000 percent compared to the UC Davis 11 sports broadcast? Hashtag AskTATC. I was going to say negative 500 percent. I would say it's uh-huh. better. <laughs> but I'm with you in the fact that it's still not great. I think it's just like a lot of the little things that really kind of frustrate me. I will say it's embarrassing when the angles in the dome are better than UC Davis. Yeah. Like they had like three camera angles. We don't have walls like or we we don't have open space at the end of our end zones. So getting angles is really difficult. And we had more and better angles in the right. Kibbe Dome than a wide open bull stadium. We, we touched on UC Davis too much last week, but I agree with you. And uh, I, I think it's like the little things. Like, well, besides the freaking circle in the middle of the screen, as 
as the TV broadcast is stopped and they're still announcing the game, like, and you know there's a plan going on, you can't see it, it's really frustrating. Another thing is our broadcast booth is on the other side of the field, and why is the camera opposite? Like, why is the field flipped upside down? I just, I really... So... <laughs> Originally, they moved the press box. It used to be over on the alumni side. They moved it so they could create the Bud and Jude Ford Center. Right. Those luxury seats. Because, believe it or not, the rich alumni don't want to hang out with the students. So they had to move it over there. You can't fit it with the press box, so they moved it over there. So when the dome was, like, originally designed, it was designed for everything to be on the other side of the field – Looking at the students. Right. Now it's looking over at the nice part of the stadium that has a bunch of people not showing up because guess what? Alumni that make a lot of money have better things to do than drive to Moscow when the team's not winning. But Even that looks more filled than you know chunks of students sitting and standing throughout the stadium. I do agree. I think they should try to – and Cluster the students together. Poor Lighthouse, can. you can't even read their ad. Like, you know, I'm sure That's, they pay a good amount to have their ad on that field. And, you know, it's upside down and, no offense, dark blue. It's I will say the, annou- the announcing team was pretty great by SWS. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, the broadcast could step up. But I'm pretty sure that's the UI students that run that. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, if you are part of the UI, you know, student media that run that, you are leaps and bounds Better than the UC, UC Davis, Davis crew, but you got you got some room to grow. But it's always good. Our podcast has room to grow. We're not very great. Always getting better. Always getting better. Mm-hmm. So keep always getting better. Mm-hmm. All right, Brian Marceau again at Brian Marceau hashtag ask TATC. Our defense does not look capable of keeping the better teams below twenty one points, and that has been our offensive ceiling. Um, San Western New Mexico University. How do we deal with it, or is it a structural? Or is it structural? We must keep teams below 21. I think it's something to look at. You know, I don't think it's really necessarily the coaching or the scheme. I think a lot of it is coming from the leaders on the team. Like I said, you know, it's very emotional. Caden's out there, you know, obviously getting giving his all. DJ Henderson's is, is making big plays, but you got to, you know, pick the guys up around you and, and, and fire them up as well. We can't just have, you know, one, two, or three guys on each play in there, you know, you know, making tackles, it, it, I think it's a group effort that, you know, they're all going to have to step up this game. And I think this is a huge game to make that statement as a defense saying, and I know they have all the athletes, they definitely do, but, you know, step up and show them that you're not here to be messed around or pushed back. We're the real deal defense. Yeah, I my thing goes that uh, we have a very senior-led defense, yeah. they have a very senior-led offense. I think that's going to be the clash. It's whether our offense can outdo their defense. And honestly, I'm more nervous about that. I have faith in our defense. I mean, they got a lot of leaders on there. We should hold teams under 21 points, and we just might hold Idaho State under 21 points. All right, Nick Stutzman at Nick Marv Stutz asks, Why have both games announced attendance been 10,566? At P. Isaacson, hashtag ask. T-A-T-C. I'm honestly not sure how they got that number. I don't know if they're counting Well, the- it's good. Yeah. Because Pete Isaacson has the answer. <laughs> Pete Isaacson actually retweeted Nick. So I don't know if he just watches us on Twitter or he just looks at his mentions or he listens to the pod. What up, Pete? But he responded it was a typo. This game last week should have been 10,629. So slight, 
Slight improvement. Are you counting the people in the tailgate? It is not. It's not butts and seats. Are you I counting don't. the echoes off the Kibby Dome roof? Are you? <laughs> it, it is definitely on tickets sold, not people that walk in. Well, they, uh, it's, they, it's, they, it's always been that way. I mean, I know, I know, two of those are yours, but I really don't know who won. Well, we gave away my tickets. So they, they were used. <laughs> well, well I hope, are, I hope the people went in. If those are counted for, but I am very unsure. Yeah, I mean, part of the thing of when we when we give away my tickets is you you better go to the game. So I'm assuming they went to the game, um, and then just use the parking pass to go. Just tell party. them. Just tell them you went. Yeah, just don't lie. I'm, I'm going to start expecting pictures. Um, but yeah, it's always been kind of tickets sold. It's it's never actually been butts and seats. That's because when we made the jump to the FBS, we required a certain attendance level. No easier way than that. Then when you make the jump, everyone's excited, buy season tickets, announce that all of them always came. And then all the other tickets sold or, as we like to do, given away. Yeah. We always do like that high school leadership thing. Maybe they're – The bands and the literacy. So it's always a weird number when you look at U of I's attendance. Uh, but hopefully someday that 10,000, 11,000 is actually going to be butts in the seats. But hopefully preferably towards the capacity of about the 15,550. We got one more. We got time for one more. Brian Marceau has one last question. God, he had three this week. Love it. Uh, at Tubbs at the Club, are you also hoping we redshirt – Richardson might as well give him two years as the understood starter. This competition, in quotations, can't go away next year unless it's Petrino starting the whole time. Hashtag ask TATC. That's a really good question. So Petrino's a junior. So I, I think by that, when I first read this, I thought he meant it was because he thought Petrino was a senior. I think what he's saying is do we tank the season? Because Colton's only played three games. So we can technically still play him one more. Um, because he did not play last week. It's not four weeks into the season. It's four games played. Right. On the stats, he's played three. So he's, we've got one more game out of him for sure. I think he's saying if we have Petrino in and we tank this season, then it's obvious that Colton is the guy. Yeah, but I, I think that he needs the experience this season, um, especially who knows what will happen throughout these games. And, you know, I would hate to put it, you know, redshirt on him and then have to pull it again. We might as well have him you know, at least taking snaps in all the games and, and getting his experience and working with those guys instead of, you know, just holding off his capabilities for yeah. all year. I agree. After watching uh, the Clemson game and seeing Trevor Lawrence go down right after Great this play. whole redshirt rule, kind of the opposite way, but, you know, it affected Kelly Bryant, decided to leave. Now they don't have a backup. And then I don't know if at that point you want to burn his redshirt because depending on how late it is in the season and it not be having bulls on the line anymore, there would be no reason to pull it. Right. Um, and we can't tank this year. We can't afford to tank mm-hmm. this year. Uh, do you know how much the We Told You So FBSers would be and all these uh, supposed Big Sky supporters that are supposed to donate a ton of money? They would even be more gone than they currently are right now. I'm a big believer that Nick Kilnair comes in next year and really pushes this to be a three-way or another two-way with Colton. So I'm a big believer. Play Colton. Play Colton now. Especially in the big games down these stretch. Who knows how they're going to, you know, which way, you know. Yeah, Colton Colton gives us the best chance, in my opinion, to win the rest of these games. So I'm 100% per Colton playing. Corner stool takes. I've got a fantastic one this week. So TJ, I'll let you go second. Martin actually was not able to make it today, but he did text us in his picks and his corner stool take. He thinks Colton Richardson will throw for 200 yards and two touchdowns. He loves big yards, big touchdowns, mm-hmm. and big sexy. Um, that's a great cornerstone take. We missed you this week, Martin. Uh, I'm going to go with his that he had last week. I'm going to go with Isaiah Saunders, 150 rushing yards, two touchdowns. And that's uh, 
I I'm I might be in contention for hottest take yeah. <laughs> of the year, maybe the pod ever. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Louisville Fresno State? Or sorry, Louisville Florida State. Mm-hmm. Bobby Petrino blew it. They are calling for Bobby's head right now down in Louisville. His contract is structured as so that is nearly impossible to fire him, but it it might happen. I think by the start of the season next year, Bobby Petrino is on the Idaho Vandal coaching staff, whether that's as an offensive coordinator or an analyst like Jeff Tedford. What is, is this, the Youngstown State where we get all the old Ohio State guys? <laughs> we'll, we'll look at, well, one, they're coached by an old Nebraska coach. <laughs> but you look at this in his contract. If they do get him, get him gone, there's a buyout. Not only is there a buyout, they have to pay him until 2021. That means he'll make $4.025 million in 2019, $4.075 million in 2020, and $4.125 million in 2021. He can afford to come hang out with bro, take, <laughs> take a nice $60,000 to $80,000 salary, rent a place, live off his $4 million Louisville's paying him to not be their head coach, and sit there being an analyst or an offense coordinator or frick a running backs coach for us. Or recruit guys, bring guys yeah, in. Yeah, you obviously back. can recruit. Bring us a Lamar. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm Bobby Petrino, man. He's got the ties. He was here once upon a time. Uh, we require helmets when you ride motorcycles here. It might be a good fit. Yeah. And so, uh, someone should send this to him. Yeah, I might, I, hot, I'm tweeting at Bobby tonight and tagging Paul. Paul, you with me? Let's, let's, yeah, let's tweet at him. Mm-hmm. I'll find me in your mentions. I'll slip into your DMs. Get the bros. So watching the TV this week, game of the week. Martin has Wofford versus Chattanooga. TJ, who are you taking? Um, I'm actually pretty excited about this Southern Utah-Eastern Washington game. Obviously, Eastern Washington is fired up this season. They... You know, want to make a statement in the Big Sky and the FCS, but I think this is a good opportunity for Southern Utah, who's been kind of kicked around this season, to make a statement and come out and possibly get a win. Okay, so I had three alternate games, in case, depending on who knew Martin picked. <laughs> Martin apparently has more of an affinity for Chattanooga than I do. Um, picking them last week for their ETSU game, which they ended up losing. Dang it! I had God. Now who do I pick? All right, I picked North Dakota State, South Dakota last week, so I'm cutting their game off. I'm going to take GAMU versus Elon. According to, I believe it was the coach's poll, I think that's number two versus number four or something like that. The Elon's going up there. I don't think they're that high, but it's a, it's a top 25 matchup. Okay. It's uh, conference rivals, so I'm going to take James Madison versus Elon. And then also, I think our game's up there, too. So don't, don't, don't sleep on Idaho, Idaho State. Don't sleep on Barry Hill. Do not. Mm-hmm. All right, so FCS fans pick them last week. Depending on how you score it, because I did a flip in the middle. <laughs> Give me this. No, 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 I'm just kidding. <laughs> so on the actual FCS fans pick them, I went four and four. On the podcast, I went three and five because I switched. I thought Montana State was going to upset Eastern. Um, so I went three and five on here, four and four in the actual pick them, if you guys are actually a part of it. Uh, TJ went four and four, and Martin went three and five. Reverse five and three. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Five and three. Five and three. Martin, I'm trying to slight you your wins, Mr. Pickham. Uh, this week we've got Butler versus Drake. I'm taking Butler. I'm going with Butler as well. We've got Penn versus Sacred Heart. I'm taking Penn. I'm going to go with the Rudies of Sacred Heart. The Rudy. Oh, that that is the school, isn't it? I was wondering who the heck they were. The, 
And I, I felt like I actually did know him, so that, that makes me feel a lot better. That's how we got to Notre Dame. Come on. You get the experience. Just the classes in. Then we got Western Illinois versus number 14, Illinois State. Illinois State. I'm taking Illinois State as well. We got Wofford versus Chattanooga. I'm going against Martin. I'm going for Wofford. I am going to pick Chattanooga. If they burn me three weeks in a row, you're done, Chattanooga. You're done. They also burned us when we were in the Sun Belt. So True. They were supposed to join, and they didn't. We got a boot somehow anyways. Uh, Stony Brook versus number nine, Townsend. Towson. There's no end. Towson. Yes. And I'm going to go with the team that's moved up 101 spots, I believe, in one week. Is <laughs> like that correct? Something like that. I'm going to yeah. go with Towson in that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take Towson as well. Uh, we got North Folk State versus FAMU, which I believe is Florida Agriculture and Mining University. Oh. It's like Texas A&M, but they added a U. That's a T-A-M-U. great name. But I'm, they're like the I'm gonna Prairie go, Vipers I'm going to go with Norfolk State. State. Uh, I'm taking FMU, FAMU, Idaho versus number 11, Idaho State. You know that's uh, three Idahos. Yeah. Go Vandals. Number 10. See, that's just embarrassing to say that because they're not number 10. They're number two. But mm-hmm. number 10, according to Hero Sports, James Madison versus number 13, Elon. Elon Musk. I'm going with JMU. Uh, I'm also going with the Dukes. Is this the second week uh, Idaho has been on the FCS fans pick em games of the week? We have been on three, three of weeks? them. We okay. were not on it last week. Though. Okay. We were on it for Fresno State, right. okay. UC Davis, and this. Right. Last week in the Big Sky, I went three and two. Man, if I didn't pick Montana State. Mm. TJ went three and two, and Martin went three and two. This week, we have number five, UC Davis at Northern Colorado. Yeah, I'm going with UC Davis. I'm taking UC Davis, too. It benefits us the better mm-hmm. they do. Uh, I will say that's the one thing Hero Sports has right. Every other buddy, everybody else has them in the, like, the low teen or high teens, like 18, 19. They're looking good. They might deserve to be a top 10 team. Five might be Hawkins high, has got it going. Hawkins has got it going. Dan uh, Portland State at number 16, Montana. I'm going Montana. I'm going Montana as well. The more they win, the more it helps our playoffs yep. if we're able to beat them. Uh, number 20, Weber State at Northern Arizona. Literally Ooh. zero impact on us because we don't play either. It would be a fun upset, but since I'm falling behind in these pickems, I'm going Weber State. Yeah, I'm going to go Weber State too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Southern Utah at number four, Eastern Washington. Eastern. Eastern. Mm-hmm. Cal Poly at Sac State. Um. F- one school I really want to visit when we play them away. I'm going to pick them as well. Let's go Cal Poly. You're going to pick Cal Poly. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, let me ro- read off Martin's picks here real quick because I forgot that he messaged those to me as well. Thank you, Martin. Mar- Martin has UC Davis. Uh, he has Portland State over Montana. Okay. He has Weber over NAU, Eastern over Southern Utah, and Sac State over Cal Poly. Buzz, buzz. Martin, buzz, buzz. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't. I, I'm also taking Sac State. Nice. I don't think I said that, but Sac State. Uh, closing the bar. It's closing time, Already? DJ. So it's time for our shameless plugs. What's going on in your life, or what would you like to plug, shout out, whatever whatever you want to do. This is your moment to let the people know what's going on. Which, uh, which, which you like. New wing that I have tried recently has been at the shelter in Ballard, Seattle. Uh, the hibachi wings, pretty, really good. A little dry rub on there, you know, sauce for dipping. But obviously, the number one overall wing still to me, uh, Moscow Ale House. Um, I used to be an employee there, but still, as the best wings I have ever tried. 
Um, so if you're up there for your next homecoming weekend, I know you guys are all planning to get up there. My shameless plug, uh, visit the Moscow Ale House. Uh, Wendy is an amazing owner. She does a great job. And try the wings. And Tapa Cake Tuesdays. Tapa Cake, yeah, yep, there you go. Someone's been reading our reviews, haven't they? Mm-hmm. I believe we have a review that says it's a great podcast, but that we could use more... Wing, wing reviews or wing, wing talk, wing wing ratings, wing talk. Yeah. So someone's been reading the one reviews. bite challenge. More Martin, the more wing, wings. Wing what challenge. if we just had an episode where Martin ranks <laughs> wings? <laughs> it's coming. Um, so it's been an interesting week for me. God, I got multiple ones, so hang in there. So I wrote a FCS Fans Nation article explaining the Battle of the Domes to the rest of the nation. I also have a Tubbs at the Club article explaining it more Vandal-centric about the rivalry. So check both those out. Um, hopefully the Tubbs at the Club one will be up by the time the podcast is. But uh, Sean, Sean's correcting my my grammar. I did not go to U of I for English. Let's just put it that way. Mm. I also, if you're hanging out with Vandals and stuff, we need to start taking a little pride in our school, guys. Start taking pictures. If it's just you two and you're wearing a shirt, if you got a Vandal flag, start sharing it. If we need to start an Instagram for that to happen, we'll do it. It's time to get some Vandal Pride going. We wanted people wanted this. I don't know who wanted it, but people wanted us to be there. It's time to bust out out of the shadows. And if you have money, donate. It, I mean, even if it's the price of missing one cup of coffee, I'm sorry, we're not meeting the donation budgets of the teams we want to be like. Montana has more donors giving money right now. So if you really want to be on the field with them, you know, it's my shameless plug. I'm a part of the Puget Sound Booster, you know, club. So, guys, the team needs your money. Um, and I hate begging you guys for it, but and I'm just as mad as you guys are, but don't take it on the kids. The administration's changing. We got what we wanted. So make sure you donate. If you don't know how, message me on Twitter. I'll, I'll get you in touch with someone at the VSF uh, or the university. Heck, we're trying to build a basketball arena, for gosh sakes. Go look up the IC- <laughs> ICCU arena, and you can donate to that if you want. If you want to give it directly to something that you know what the money's going to. Anyways, those are my plans for the week. I want to thank everyone once again for plugging into us, giving us about an hour of your time every week to talk vandals and uh, just get a, get a hang out with you guys. Uh, we'll see you guys next Thursday, hopefully after another vandal win and first rivalry win. Everyone likes to listen to us when we're coming up a win, that's for it, sure. It's true. Yeah. Um, and then now it's time for the best band in all the land, the Sound of Idaho, to play us out. Uh, speaking of that, we're going to have a band-centric podcast coming to you. Sure. Go. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. Go Vandals.